Wake up, wake up, 502. What a beautiful morning it is. Saturday, May 13, 2023, here in the Ville. This is Rashawn Myers with Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio. It is going down on a Saturday morning. Uh, we have a humongous show, but of course, we had to get it going with the theme song of my childhood. And, you know, honestly, it seemed like the the theme song of Denny Crum's legacy, um, the the greatest of University of Louisville basketball coaches uh, passing on this week. Um, so absolutely, we got to give uh, Denny his flowers for everything that he did, both on the court and off the court. Um, just a, an, an amazing man, an amazing life, an amazing basketball coach, just amazing in every sense of the word. So, um, you know, I know everybody's been, uh, since Denny's uh, passing earlier this week, have been doing, uh, you know, stories and, 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 you know, remembrances and, you know, just so many things to, to honor uh, that, that man and that legend. So, of course, we'll absolutely um, talk about him, but we have so much to get into uh, this week um, with the current U- University of Louisville basketball team. Definitely want to dive into that. Uh, and had the McKenzie and Baco uh, decision that came down yesterday, uh, and you know we're going to talk about what that means. Uh, talk about uh, where Louisville goes from there, from here. Um, so you know that there's there's a lot there that we're going to discuss. Uh, the NBA. Uh, Western and Eastern Conference Finals are almost set. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers knocking off the uh, Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry and crew last night. Um, so <laughs> three-fourths of the bubble Final Four of the, uh, the, you know, of the NBA uh, 
conference finals is almost set, so I don't really know what that means. Uh, but uh, we are almost there, so um, we're going to talk about that, you know, just as well as some other uh, news and notes. There's just always so many things uh, to, to get into. Uh, but, you know, I, like I said, I had to at least – um, you know, speak my piece in, in terms of, of Denny Crum and, and what he meant uh, to myself. Of course, Haven Harrington will be along here shortly. Of course, if you want to give a call, uh, first of all, of course, the best way to get involved, the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Would love to read your text, your thoughts on Denny, uh, your thoughts on, on Louisville basketball, what he meant to you. It, it could be a memory. It could be um, – you know, just uh, anything, uh, you know, that, that, and if you, of course, have a story to tell, unlike most of the shows on this station, I actually accept phone calls. So 502-384-1450 uh, is the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. I would love to talk to you uh, if, you know, if you wanted to just give your thoughts on, on Denny Crum and, and, you know, where what, what he meant to you or, or uh, you know, if you had a chance encounter, if you had the opportunity to chat with him, um, just a memory of a game or or a situation, uh, you know, uh, where, where Denny was involved. I'd love to hear them all. So it's been very, very much fun uh, to hear all those things this week um, as folks have just kind of remembered Denny in, in so many different ways. Uh, that, that's, I think, the biggest thing about him is that, you know, Denny Crum uh, absolutely – he was much more than a basketball coach. He was much more than just part of the athletic department at the University of Louisville. I mean, in a lot of ways, Denny Crum legitimized the University of Louisville. Um, you know, he, he was the guy that took a small commuter school and made them a national powerhouse, uh, a, a brand name to be recognized. He made Louisville, I mean, you know, like the the the, the impact of what that man did and, and the magic that he brought with him from Westwood uh, when he left UCLA um, as John Wooden's top assistant and coming here um, and taking over uh, in 71-72, it just – that that impact, you know, when you look at everything, you talk about University of Louisville being in the ACC. You talk about the University of Louisville and their football program and, and where they've come. Uh, you talk about just all the achievements of this university. You you know, if you, if you want to talk about everything and how this athletic department has grown, um, I, I think that the imprint and, and Denny Crum's fingerprints are on all of it because – um, prior to him getting there, even though, you know, the university had had some success under, um, you know, Pe Peck Hickman and uh, John Dromo and some of the others that kind of paved the way, you know, Louisville had had some success in basketball. But but Denny Crump took the University of Louisville and put them on a whole different level. And we always talk about and we always hear about um, every year how when schools make a run, how enrollment goes up and how um, the, the overall profile of the university changes and you have more kids and, and higher level kids that want to join and be a part of your university. Well, if you talk about what Denny Crum's impact was, you know, taking Louisville to that first Final Four um, in the 71-72 season and then you talk about, um, you know, how Louisville continued to be a mainstay and a fixture um, you know, with the best and the brightest in college basketball, ultimately breaking through, winning that first uh, title 
1980, uh, and then backing that up with another one, 86, with a myriad of Final Fours along the way. Um, you know, that put the University of Louisville's profile on a whole different level, and I think in a lot of ways that helped buoy the whole athletic department. That helped buoy the whole university. So when you talk about Denzel Crum and who he was as a man, um, just any, I personally feel that anything that has to do with the University of Louisville and where they are when I look at that gorgeous Yum Center, where they are when I look at uh, L&N Cardinal Stadium, uh, when I look at that campus and I see everything that's been built, that man's reflection and that man's fingerprints is on all of it. Um, and I think that we have um, – and, and this, is, this is the thing. I don't think that Denny Crum has ever been a guy that people have taken for granted. Um, the, you know, the city of Louisville, um, the people around the university, people from outside the university, I think university respected and universally just understood what a titan of the industry and what a titan of, of basketball and just a uh, – you know, a good shepherd and a face for the university. He was all of those things. He carried it with style. He carried it with grace. Um, you know, I think that's what I will remember uh, most about Denny Crum is that, you know, me, I love, he is probably the reason that I love basketball to this day. And it was always interesting for me because growing up, there was two coaches that, that you know, really set the stage for me. And, and, you know, my love of basketball, um, uh, the, you know, the, the first being Denny Crum and the other being uh, Bob Knight, uh, you know, and when you talk about those guys and you talk about who they were, um, you know, I, I think that Denny just exemplified all of those things. Uh, and, and Bobby Knight, you know, was such a completely different guy, but then he also exemplified um, you know, excellent, excellence and success. But it was just always interesting to be able to see the two guys that went about it completely different ways were both able to, um, you know, reach the pinnacle and both have the same type of respect and admiration nationally. And I always just thought that was amazing. Um, and, and we got to join us online. Hey, Haven Harrington, are you on with us this morning? Oh, it's not Haven. No, it isn't. Oh, I thought that was Haven Harris no. on the line. Oh, hold on. Who, who's calling no. in? Who's calling in? Who is this? Uh, this is David. David. I've called David, you before, yes, Rashawn. Yes, yeah, yes, I wanted to talk a little me, bit David. about yeah. Denny and UofL and Absolutely. that and trying not to be sad. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm I, trying not to be sad because yeah. I've had a couple of sad moments this week. Yes. And I actually found myself in tears hearing the news Tuesday and um, but I found, you know, just, you know, ways to just, you know, as I say, when the weather's nice outside, just take a walk. And I even had to tell a neighbor that did not have, did not know the news, but he did give me a little something that he, that he told me that he actually met Denny Crum and his wife, Susan, at a Christmas party some 15 years ago. Okay. Is okay. what the neighbor yes. told me. Yes. Absolutely. I don't know what the Christmas party was, but. Right. Well, no, and and you know that that's the most interesting and amazing thing about Denny Crum. It, it, you know, it almost seems yeah. like anybody, you know, people, regardless of whether you love sports or you didn't love yeah. sports, everybody seemed to have a Denny Crum story or a, a Denny Crum interaction. Everybody knew who Denny was, even if you didn't like basketball. Everybody knew. That's who true. Denny was, that's you know? true. Yeah, Denny. And yeah, well, I, I guess the one thing I could think of, and I remember a family get together just some several years ago. And this was, you know, back maybe, I guess now, but going back like 30 years now, was a Johnny E's 
Yes. During the John E's, Denny Crum and John E's, that was a commercial, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, you better believe it. Yeah. Man. That was Denny's spot. <laughs> yeah, Denny's spot. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. And, I, and I thought, well, the place that Denny Crum made famous, I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this family gathering. How about that? You better believe it. <laughs> it was Absolutely. a nice place, John E's and Butchel, man. That, that, that John E's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. What a place to have a have a family gathering, i tell you. And, I, and that was a neighbor, you know, down uh, you know, I guess down down the street where I grew up, you know, I guess that they were big U of L, you know, kind of just you know going to different things. I think uh, one of the neighbors I think went to one of the U of L games on the road in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how much they 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 were part of following that you know out of town group that would you know go on to the NCAA tournament. Right. But I guess something else too I wanted to mention. I know. Uh, having the, the, uh, the U of O game, I, I think I had the radio on, and I think my my parents and some other people were in another room with the television on, and then I just took a timeout because the game. I think it was probably I don't remember what games it was, but I know it was U of L. You know, kind of fighting for its. You know, to see if they're going to win the game, could being behind. You know that. You know, because I know some games they they, they had they took the losses, but when they could really. You fight back, and you know they're going to take the lead and win the game. Oh yeah! And it's, sometimes at the timeout, it's like you know, my mother would say, well, "There's Zinny, he's rolling the program," <laughs> or and I think she even said another time, "He's ringing the program." Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Hey, I'm telling you, like that—that that, that was always my expectation. Is if if Denny, if Louisville is called, if the team is called a timeout, my expectation yeah. is Denny is going to get those guys together. He's going to draw something up on the board, and you best believe that alley oop is coming, and that's going. Oh be yeah, the alley oop and, and stuff that, like that, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah man, that's right. That, that that man could draw up a play. You know? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time it was, it was just one of those things. I know it. You know, it's kind of one of those things that the story gets bigger as it goes along. But if you yeah. ask me, Louisville scored out of every timeout that Denny Crum ever called. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but I mean no, I I totally agree with you, David. I mean, you know, yeah. Denny Denny was just such an a, amazing guy. You know, one of the best X's X's and O's coaches that I've ever seen. Like like to me, Denny Crum and Tubby Smith were probably yeah. the two finest bench coaches that I've ever known in in, in my life. Oh, yes. in terms of tacticians, yeah, Denny Crum, and, Tubby Smith, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, those the only two thing guys. I can't figure out though, what happened to Denny Crum at the end in the nineties? Though that was the thing I really couldn't. You know, put the finger on just. Well, you know, I mean, honestly, it just seems to me that, you know, you can kind of draw a line of demarcation of when Wade Houston took the job at Tennessee. And yeah, when, Wade you, Houston. Yeah, yeah. You okay. Know, it, it just kind of seemed like once Wade took that job at Tennessee, and of course, yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, his, his son fo- followed him down there, Allen. Uh, you know, once, yeah, okay. once that happened, it almost just seemed like I know that they they replaced Wade. Uh, they they replaced Wade, but they could never really replace Wade's impact. And, and I okay. think what Wade's Wade impact Houston, at, okay, as yeah. a recruiter and just that um, synergy on the bench and on the sideline. Like you still had, you know, you, you still had Larry Jones and you still had, you know, the, the rest of the guys on, on the sideline. Jerry, Jerry Jones, I said Larry Jones. You still had Jerry yeah, Jones. Jerry Jones. There you, you go, Jerry had, Jones. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, that's you another one everybody from else, but it just, it just seemed to me like it was just never the same after Wade No, left. it wasn't. You know? It wasn't after Wade. You're right. Yeah. And, and, Although we were trying to, you know, try to keep what we could. I guess DeWan Wheat 
oh, at yeah. least was the one push. Oh yeah, that, yeah. I mean, look, you know, and Louisville still what, had great players. You know, like that they yeah. still had oh, great yeah. players. You still had your Cliff Rozier. You know, you yep. still had your, your Dewan Weed as you talked about. You still had Jason Osborne. Um, but you know, just the connectiveness. I mean, that Louisville was just riding on such a high. Uh, you know, for throughout that that whole ride. But it it, it just definitely seemed like once Tennessee came calling and you know through the through the Brinks truck at, at, at Wade and got to get at, you know got Allen and those guys down there. It definitely seemed yeah. like that started the the trajectory downward and you know but but I mean what a ride you know yeah no definitely a ride yeah it, yeah it, it was yeah. amazing but no I I I appreciate it David any, any other yeah sure thing I, well I, I just hope that uh, I just hope Haven and them can call in a little bit I'm trying to get something started this morning because I've been up for a little bit waiting for your show to come on <laughs> well, and I appreciate whatever it. so hey, you know what yeah I, I yeah yeah enjoy it always show. yeah no, I, I sure appreciate will. it David thank you so much we'll, we'll sure have thing much thanks for the call too, thanks okay? for the time too yeah uh, absolutely thank you have a wonderful <laughs> There we go. We got David calling in. He he tricked me. Usually Haven Harrington slides in here early, so I thought it was Haven, but no, I appreciate the call, David. I love when people like, you know, I was just waiting for your show to come on. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. I, that, that means uh, the world to me. But no, man, I mean, it, it just – Denny's run was so amazing to take – you know, like I said, Louisville from where they were and just kind of make them a household name. And they were the it program of the 80s. You know, that the, they were the, the coolest um, program. People talk about, you know, how Michigan was so cool and how UNLV was so cool. But all those guys just had a couple of years of, you know, where, where they were on excess. Imagine that type of wave riding from like the, the early mid-70s you know, all the way through uh, the 80s. I mean, that that was the ride that Louisville was on. You know, like people talked about certain teams that had had established um, reputations, and Louisville was definitely one of those. And Denny Crum, with his calm demeanor, is always funny with Denny. Um, that <laughs> I, I swear, as long as I watch Denny coach, and that's where I t was talking about kind of the differences between he and Bobby Knight, where Bobby Knight was just so fiery and he's throwing chairs and he's going crazy and he's in the, the referees' faces and he's yelling at everybody. You know, it always amazed me that you could have two guys that were so different because then he never seemed to yell. <laughs> then he never seemed to get overly animated. And I don't ever remember. Can anybody tell me? And you can text in again, 502-414-1450. Does anybody ever remember Denny Crumb getting a technical foul? Like for getting on an official or anything? Like, you know, I, I'm 45 years old, you know, and, and my memory stretched back a good ways. Like I don't – my memory doesn't necessarily stretch back to the, the, the dream game in 83. I was a little young for that. I was only about six six or seven, like I knew about it, but it, it was still kind of a hazy, foggy, everybody else talking about it, um, you know. But I vividly, vividly remember, um, you know, the 86 team, the Destination Dallas, that that run that they made in 86 to win the championship, you know, and, and uh, Purvis uh, throwing the, the, the finger in the air, at, you know, after putting the, the, the bucket in. Like I remember those things. I remember Ice – uh, you know, locking it down and, and winning the game at the free throw line. I remember all those things. So I remember the 86 game. Um, but, you know, for as long as I remember Denny coaching, I don't ever remember that man getting a technical foul. Like even once things started to go south, and we kind of talked about how that, that line of demarcation of when Wade Houston took the job at Tennessee, how – 
um, that kind of started the, the the slow, gradual decline, it seemed, of uh, the program at that point. Um, even when they had bad teams, even when Louisville had frustrating losses, even when they were, you know, getting blown out and losing to teams like NC Charlotte at the end, I don't ever remember Denny getting a tech. You know, I don't ever remember him getting all upset and frustrated and flustered and yelling at referees. Like, that was always who he was as a person. He just always carried himself with the utmost dignity, the utmost respect, and just um, just a calm, regal demeanor. I mean, and that's just kind of the best way I can explain it. You know, I mean, he always, if he was out in public, he always would smile for for photographs, he would always, um, you know, sit and, and sign sign autographs. I remember I was at uh, one of the uh, uh, Louisville Live functions, and, and I think it may have been the first year, and Denny was there, of course, uh, for, for Louisville Live, and they were introducing Chris Mack. And I remember Denny came out, and and he just he he was you know so smiling with everybody, signing autographs. He anybody who wanted to, um, you know, be a part of it or wanted to, to come and talk to him and just say, hey, coach, and how are you doing? I mean, he you know that was always it. Denny Crumb was always a steward of not only the university but just a steward of human and mankind. You know, he always just kind of carried himself in a way to set the example for how everybody should live. You know, he, this is a man who had a megawatt, you know, personal, personality and a megawatt, uh, you know, profile uh, in the city of Louisville. Everybody knows if you are big time in basketball in the city of Louisville or in the state of Kentucky, you are a very popular dude. So everybody wants to have, you know, that that interaction with you and everybody wants to to come and shake your hand and be a part of that. So I have no doubt that Denny Crum was an extremely popular dude everywhere he went. And even with that being the case, that man always took time for people he always took time to, to smile for a picture. He always took time for a kind word. And he just carried himself in such a manner, in such a way that he just, you know, that that's something that, that I look up to and I try to strive to be, you know, just as a person, just to always be inviting, to always have a kind word for somebody, to always take the time to say hello to people. When if people want to talk about, you know, I, I know I, I am not one eighteenth or one one thousandth of what Denny Crum was, but when people recognize who I'm at, who I am when I'm out, uh, and they want to sit and they want to talk basketball for a few minutes, you know, I never. Um, you know, I, I never take and miss that opportunity to sit and talk with folks for a few minutes. And, you know, I, I would like to think that, that Denny setting that example, you know, even if it's subconsciously helped me to understand that, you know, people, you know, recognize somebody and they want to have those few minutes to, to talk it up because they're, they're excited about whatever you're doing. If you can take that few minutes for folks, you know, it kind of makes their day, you know, it's for, for you, it's just doing and running your mouth and talking about what you do all the time but for other folks man that 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 can be something that who knows who knows what what it means for them but you know just taking that time um was always something that Denny Crum did and, and you know that that to me of all the things that he did on the basketball court um, was the most important and, and uh, probably the most impactful so I will remember that about him probably more than anything um, and just the simple fact that, um, you know, he, he, like I said, he never, 
got a technical foul. Like it's just so funny. I I, I remember um, back when I got to meet Denny and, and I got to do a radio show uh, with him. I had him and and handsome Jimmy. Uh, and you know, Mason and Myers, uh, at, in that time frame, we were out at the auto dealership and uh, then he got to sit down and I got to talk to him and interview him. And I thanked him for everything, uh, that he meant to the university. That is still my, definitely my fondest moment. And of course I have a picture of me and Denny and, and handsome Jimmy, uh, who has also passed on, man, those that day out there and being able to sit and talk to them absolutely um, has been the crown jewel of, of my time here in media and radio um, as I've been blessed to do this for so many years now, um, stretching uh, stretching just about 20 years. But uh, of, of my 20 years of the interactions of the games and the, the championships and everything, nothing has meant more to me than just to talk to my childhood icon and my childhood hero uh, and Denny Crum, and he will be um, sorely missed and, and very much loved, uh, you know, by everybody in this city. Um, and, and as David talked about, you know, just the fact that people that you know didn't even that they weren't they weren't family, and you know that they weren't necessarily close family friends of, of uh, Denny Crum, Susan Sweeney Crum, and and and, and the crew. Um, you know, like even even though they weren't you know people still mourn for this man like he's family because he is he's like he's almost like the city's daddy you know what I'm saying he's like the the the, the city's grandpa <laughs> you know depending on how old you are like that's who Denny Crum was um so you know it's, it's a celebration of him and we will continue to talk about him and we will continue to talk about that if you want to uh, regale more memories 502-384-1450 is the wake up 502 buzz line of course if you want to continue to send your text in 502 for 1450 but what we're gonna do we're gonna go ahead take this first uh break of the day when we come back uh we're gonna get into uh you know this uh college basketball thing we're gonna talk about the university of louisville mckenzie and Baco makes his decision what that means for louisville and maybe how we need to reimagine college basketball in uh you know 2023 we're gonna get into that much much more this is wake up 502 rashawn myers coming to you live big x sports radio 961 and 1450 and we'll be back Welcome back. Segment number two, Wake Up 502, Rashawn Myers, 96.1 FM and 1450 AM. The Big X 
Uh, we are here uh, chat, chatting and talking. I'm already <laughs> laughing at some of these messages coming in. If you want to get involved, 502 414 uh, 1450. Uh, you can get involved on the Thornton's text line. You can also give me a call 502-384-1450 as well. Um, uh, text uh, messages uh, coming in hot and heavy early. Uh, says, uh, first texter, good morning, Wake Up 502, main event, Crumbs Culture. He says, I don't have many Denny Crumb interactions, uh, but I wish Denny would have come uh, to the hood every now and then uh, since we're, uh, as in West Louisville, um, you know, what was the backbone of Louisville sports. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, it, it was, it, it's definitely been uh, refreshing, um, you know, to see KP, um, you know, come down there and the Louisville coach to come down to West Louisville. They didn't really do the Cardinal Caravans back then. I, I think that the Cardinal Caravan definitely would have been a wonderful thing. You know, that they've started to kind of come down there. Uh, Chris Mack, um, of course, had the players coming down there to uh, uh, sign autographs and, and shake hands and hand out T-shirts, uh, you know, when it was time to vote, uh, you know, during the whole 2020 um, era. Uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, really kind of reaching out and making those connections, uh, you know, with West Louisville and uh, kind of taking everything around the city and around the state uh, definitely would have been good. I, I think that the University of Louisville has definitely tried to have more of a presence, uh, with, you know, with the, the teams and coaches and reaching out to all parts of the city. But absolutely, it would have been awesome to have Denny come down there um, at, uh, you know, uh, shiny park for dirt bowl or something like that to throw, throw up an honorary, uh, you know, tip tip or something like that. So I definitely agree with you that that definitely would have been awesome. But I do think that the university um, has put a concerted effort, even you know, prior to Kenny Payne. I think that Chris Mack um, did did that as well. Um, you know that that is one of the things that, especially after the unfortunate kind of um, you know split. Of course, when when, when Denny left. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, emotions behind that. Let's just say it like that. There was a lot of emotions behind it, and there was a lot of, you know, people that thought that, that Denny didn't get to go out the way he wanted to. Um, I definitely understand Tom George's position. I understand he saw an opportunity, um, you know, to put the basketball program in the best position moving forward with the ability to hire Rick Pitino. Um, that definitely <clears throat> rubbed a lot of folks the wrong way. Um, but at the end of the day, I understand why he did it. Um, I didn't necessarily, I did not necessarily have an issue with moving on from coach. Um, I do wish it would have been, uh, a more amicable, uh, parting of ways, but I think that Denny handled it with class and grace. And, you know, at his age, he could have definitely moved on and went somewhere else to, uh, continue to coach with his reputation. But he, once again, uh, you know, was as much Louisville as he was the University of Louisville. He loved the city. Um, and, you know, he went ahead, uh, moved in, in, into the retirement phase of his, of his life um, and still continued to support the university, still showed up at the games, smiled, took pictures, and continued to be Denny Crum after that, even though we understand that, you know, it was definitely not the way he wanted to go out. And I think that just kind of goes back and exemplifies um, you know, who he was, um, that he continued to carry himself with style and grace. But, you know, I, I definitely appreciate the efforts that, that Chris Mack, uh, you know, made in trying to kind of mend some of those wounds and, and kind of, 
uh, bring folks back together and, and bringing back the old players and bringing back and showing pictures of him sitting and talking with Denny Crum and Denny, you know, drawing up plays for him, stuff like that. You know, I, I think that that was a huge, huge uh, move. Uh, and much needed move for the city to to you know continue to heal after um, what was a bit of a a separation and and a you know a tough divorce between he and the university and you know Rick Pitino and his uh, crew while he was here just never really seemed to uh, they never really seemed to get it to together and that you know that that was one of the unfortunate things about the way it happened but. Um, you know, I, I think that as things have moved forward, the university has done more and more to try to uh, heal those wounds as, as much as possible. Um, so, you know, I mean, it, it is one of those things that that was kind of the the unfortunate portion of uh, how everything happened. Um, but, you know, uh, that thus is life. Thus is life. Uh, Texter also says, Young Rock, he says, my recollection of a disappointing Den- Denny memory was when you and Mason in the morning promised he would be at the uh, uh, Ford dealership in Oxmoor, and he, he never showed up, but I did. Uh, ready to get that autograph. Y'all fake me out. Now, yes, uh, uh, initially uh, did, uh, Denny was, uh, you know, late for the uh, – uh, late for the show, uh, you know, you, you came in and, and he was not there. But he did end up coming late. He did end up coming late and he sat and we chatted for a few minutes. But you, you were already gone. I do have the pictures to prove it. <laughs> uh, but, yes, I do remember that. That was that that, that was funny. My, my, my dad was so excited uh, to, to, to meet Denny. Um, but, you know, he was, he was run a little bit behind. But, you know, still a, a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, he says also the uh, most frustrating and disappointing memory was the Arkansas loss in the NCAA tournament when U.S. Reed hit that half-court shot. I was there. Long ride back to the Ville after that one. Yeah, the U.S. Reed, that, that was the 81, uh, you know, that, that was the 81 team after, you know, the year after the championship and U.S. Reed hits that half-court shot. I mean, Louisville had so many uh, great moments and just heartbreaking moments, but they were already – that uh, they, they were always in the the fray, and they were already always in the fight. Um, you know, like that, that. That's the thing about it. You know, the excellence of Louisville. Like you expected to be there. You expected to be in Sweet Sixteens. You expected to be in Elite Eights and fighting. If you weren't getting to the Final Four, you thought it was just around the corner. Uh, you know, and and that's kind of what defined uh, Denny's teams until things. You know, until till late. You know, like that Dewan Wheat team. Uh, you know, when Wheat turns the ankle and sprains the ankle and uh, isn't really able to give it a full go against North Carolina and Louisville uh, ultimately lost that game. That was kind of the end of that that struggle. But, you know, that was definitely part of, uh, you know, what, what it just was to become and, and be part of, you know, uh, the, the Louisville legacy. Uh, caller, uh, your, your name, who, who's on with me? It's Jay Hey, Jay, good morning. How you doing, brother? Good morning, sir. What's going on? Man, listen, man, listen. I, I know y'all talked about the the Jeff Brom and the new little shirt and Lamar Jackson and the well, NBA we, playoffs. Well, we, well, well, we really, we, we've been talking uh, the Denny Crum uh, so far this morning. You know, yeah. er, er, you know everybody's, everybody's memories and good stuff. Yeah, we haven't gotten to uh, any, any of the other stuff as of yet. You know, we everybody been, been been wanting to talk Denny this morning, Jay. Yeah, Luke Luke, man, you know, you know, he's one of the, he is the legend, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the the man, the myth, the legend. That 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 was. Well, hey, what, what what you got for me this morning? 
Man, we're talking about Roots 101, man. Lamont Collins, he played ball at Fern Creek back in the 70s. Okay, okay. That's what's up. What, what's going on? Yeah, he said, man, listen, man. He said he was a bad boy, but I got to do my research on him, Rashad. <laughs> I know how you do. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, I had a good time watching the Lakers last night, man. And I watched the interesting thing about how Lamar fits everybody into the game. And he's using role players to implement for them maybe win a championship. He's a role, now, he's now, a role now, player. Calm, calm down. Let's, let's, let's calm down with the Lakers championship, all right? Like I, I will give the Lakers oh. credit that they did get it done. They were able to knock off the Grizzlies, and they were able to get it done against – uh, you know, the Golden State Warriors, they knocked off the Warriors last night. Yeah, we was out there, you know, checking it out. But let's just calm down on the championship. They still got to beat the number one seed. Denver Nuggets were number one yeah. seed for a reason. So, you know, yeah, it, 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 you know, now they got Jokic, you know what I'm saying, two-time MVP. Yeah. It's a whole different, you know, it's a whole yeah, different team, rough, Jay. It was rough. It was rough. It was rough. <laughs> so you know they gotta they gotta get through this West. You know I know they beat Denver in the bubble a couple years ago, but this ain't the same Denver team that they played back then, Jay. So as you know, it's just a little bit different squad. We gotta see, man. We gotta see. I'm so <laughs> sad about the uh, the little baseball team. I thought they had a great team this year. Evidently they they, they just fall through the wayside, man. And and what was baseball? Yeah, I mean, you know, I you know, Dan Dan McDonald crew, man, they just they couldn't it just seemed like you know, I know the season's not over with yet, you know, and Coach McDonald has done it. I mean, Louisville has a good team. Like they have a lot of talent, but for whatever reason, um their relief pitching um has not been there uh this year. And it just seems like I've seen Louisville have so many games where they have a lead and they get to the, you know, the seventh and eighth innings and give up these leads and end up losing close games. We saw them do the same thing with Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, we we were out watching the, the Vanderbilt game yeah. the other night and the exact yeah. same thing happened. It just seems like they just can't they can't get right, Jay. Yeah, can't get right. Yeah, I know I know that movie. I know what that movie is too. Can't get it right. And, uh, you know, there, there's so much, that, you know, you talk about in sports, but, you know, there is real life that's happening around the world. You know, uh, the Jamie Foxx incident that was going on, which I know you probably looked at it, probably danced, might have seen a little bit of it, man. He's a great, a great actor. And they seized all his movies for the rest of the year, man. And, and it's a shame that whatever happened to this, to this young man. And, uh, they saying he, he's at home resting, recuperating, but, I don't think it's the truth because I know many people who have strokes and, and, and seizures and things and it's never bounced back. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the, you know, the, the whole Jamie Foxx thing is very, very interesting because there's, no, there's been so little news about it. And, you know, some people were saying that, you know, he was in the hospital and the family was preparing for the worst. Then, you know, his daughter comes out with a, uh, a uh, response and says that he's home and recovering, was playing pickleball the other day. So yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Man. I don't know. I don't know. I what's think basically Rashad is easing, easing the pressure off of people uh, about Jamie talking about he's getting better, that kind of thing. But, Rashad, a lot of times, man, that I know people have strokes, man, that they're best back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but uh, prayers up to to, to Jamie. Hopefully, uh, he's gonna be back on on the men. Uh, that 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 is one of the most talented guys, uh, you know, as far as just actors, musicians, comedians. He's just he's just a very multi talented, uh, you know, young guy. So hopefully, he's gonna get back on the good foot and he can keep it rolling. Yeah, 
961, happy Mother's Day weekend to you guys, the radio station. And uh, it's going to be probably one of the best Mother Days I ever had tomorrow, Rashawn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I cannot wait uh, to celebrate with all the, 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 the mothers in, in my life. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'll go ahead and say a, a early happy Mother's Day to all our listeners and the, the your families yeah. and everything. So I definitely yeah. appreciate that, Jay. Thanks. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to eat good. I know, that's right. We're always eating good, I, you know, I'm, and I'm always down to eat good. <laughs> hey, boy, you're funny, man. Boy. So, hey, Rashawn, how's your son doing at AAU in volleyball? Ah, he's doing well, man. He's doing well. He's down there at the JV State Tournament, uh, State Volleyball Tournament down at Henry Clay High School today, this morning. He's getting started. I don't know how they're doing so far, uh, but yeah, they, he never rests, Jay. He never rests. He's got AAU volleyball this weekend. He's got basketball AAU tournament the next weekend. So you know, he he, he never rests. Yeah, he's 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 one of the big time athletes. Plus, he's getting ready for a state high jump. So he's trying to qualify oh. for for the state. He's got to do regionals uh, in, in high jump. He's trying to do track and field too. He's just doing everything, Jay. Rashawn, one more thing, man. One of the biggest recruits in the uh, transfer portal uh, was was interested in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, and some other some other programs. But he signed with the University of Indiana. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mackenzie and Baco uh, did make the decision after decommitting from Duke. Um, you know, that there have been a lot of conversations about Mbako being a, a heavy Louisville lean because of the relationship with he and Nolan Smith. Uh, you know, Nolan Smith being his primary recruiter, and said, it was said that he was uh, one of the reasons, the biggest reasons he committed to Duke was because of the relationship with Nolan. Um, so it was thought that Louisville was going to be a, a primary and major player for McKenzie. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, it just didn't come to pass. Uh, Louisville was going to be the fourth and final visit for McKenzie Mbako. That visit was supposed to happen this weekend. He was actually supposed to be here Friday to Sunday of this weekend. Um, but he did ultimately decide not to go through with the visit um, and cut his final list to Indiana and Kansas, and he committed to Indiana yesterday. So Mike Woodson got um, him one. A lot of people thought that McKenzie was going to end up at Kansas with uh, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, and the crew out there with Bill Self. But no, no, he's actually going to be in the state of Indiana, and there's a good chance that Louisville and Indiana may be squaring off at the Empire Classic uh, in November. So Louisville might yeah. see McKenzie and Baco up close, uh, you know, so we'll have to see what happens with that. But, yeah, uh, it's tough um, that Louisville wasn't able to at least get a visit. Um, I think that's kind of one of the biggest things that I've noticed is with the biggest recruits, that Kenny Payne has chased after, whether it be DJ Wagner, AJ Johnson, Mackenzie Mbako, that those guys, um, you know, because those were kind of the consensus, you know, top 10, top five type players, that none of those guys came out for a visit. You know, like uh -huh. you would think that they would at least, Louisville would at least be able to put their best foot forward, get them on campus, show them what it would be like to be a Louisville Cardinal, and to not be able to get those guys on campus uh, definitely is, is tough. It's definitely a tough look. Um, but, hey, got to keep it going, see what Kenny does next. Well, see, they only got one more scholarship available, so we don't know who Kenny's looking at. I have no clue who's, who's up next, but we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's that's gonna be the question is where where do they turn to from here? Um, you know, that there's a couple of names that are that are starting to pop up, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, everybody wants that thinks that Louisville still needs to get some ball handling, uh, get another guard. So yeah, we'll just kind of have to see what happens with that. 
Rashawn Myers, it's always a pleasure having Harrington. It's always been a scholar, sir. 961. It's only one place to go. It's 96.1 FM. I appreciate it, brother. Hey, you have a good day. All right, Jay? Yes, sir, sir. There we go. All right, now have a good one. Jay Has checking in this morning. One of the greatest voices in the city of Louisville. Jay Has has done it for a long time, so definitely appreciate him. But let's go ahead and jump right back uh, to the Wake Up 502 buzz line. 502-384-1450. Got Wayne on the line. Wayne, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, I'm doing good, Sean. I needed to holler at you uh, on something very, very important. Yes, I didn't sir. want it on air. Um, I'll tell you what it is. My son just graduated from Florida and I was I was down in Ta- Tallahassee nice. last week. Yeah, yeah. He got his uh, degree, uh, Bachelor of Science in general- Journalism, going into sports broadcasting. Okay. And I told him, I said, I, when, I get, when I get back, I'll holler at some of my buddies. And they can they can steer you, and I know you. And I needed to uh, get a, a, a. I wanted to send you a text, so or, or something. Okay. And uh, 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 I'll have his his number on it, and and you can call him or he can call you whatever whatever is good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's what I wanted to holler at you about. Okay. He was excited. But he said, uh, "Dad, I know you know I know you know sports people." Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I would <laughs> when Absolutely. I get back. Yeah, and I would so you can see so you can see what my my my, my younger look like right handsome man. All right, well and, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, you know I appreciate you. But if you give me the uh, <laughs> give me the uh, uh, text number, uh, and I was I will send it send this to you Absolutely. with a little note and a. a, a a, a, a note of a, a thanks and appreciation. Yeah, because he's a, he's been called me three times, and I said, "Well, I, I my man don't come on my man don't come on to Saturday. Don't forget, Dad. Don't forget. He's he's really excited, man. Good 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 young man. Good Absol- young man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, I'm gonna tell you what, Wayne. Uh, shoot me a text to the uh, the text line, and I'll give you all the good information. You'll get the phone number. You'll get the uh, email address. Everything. Uh, so sh- so shoot me a text over to the text line, four one four fourteen fifty. All right. Four one four fourteen fifty. Yes, sir. That's a five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. That's that's the text line. So you shoot me the te- the text line. I'll give you, I'll give you all the good info. Uh, so okay, well, on the way, brother. You know, I appreciate it. And I just wanted to uh, say briefly, I was surprised at McKenzie. I, I don't know what – I heard Jay talking. I don't know why these kids don't come. And the thing of it is, okay, you got the visit scheduled. You already took three. Why didn't you take the fourth one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you would think I, that it I, I don't hurt. understand that. Yeah, that – but, you know, and, and especially after Nolan has spent all that time with you, and, and I know it couldn't have been money – if, if you wanted somebody to head uh, pro experience, you get, you had three coaches. So I, I don't understand that. But I hope he's happy at IU and he, and do what he do. So, you know, like I said before, when they don't come here and we play them, we got to beat them. Yeah. And it <laughs> hey, and, and we we looks looks like we may get the chance up there in New York. So, uh, you know. That'll be, that'll be real good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, like it, I said, the, 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 the toughest thing about it, Wayne, is like I said, when I look at kind of the three biggest early recruits for Kenny Payne, when you look at DJ, you look at Isaiah Miranda, or not Isaiah Miranda, uh, the, the big guy that played with DJ, you look at it, McKenzie Mbako, you look at oh, Brad, Bradshaw. Bradshaw, and you look at A.J. Johnson. The toughest thing about it was, you know, Louisville was kind of in on these, all those guys were consensus top ten players. The toughest thing is that they none of those guys ever visited. 
And it seemed like Louisville was in a good position to at least get visits for all of those guys. But none of those guys ever took official visits to Louisville. And I think that's kind of the biggest head scratcher is you would think with the relationships, uh, you know, that, you know, Kenny and, and Nolan and, and those guys are, you know, that, that everybody talks about how great th- their relationship abilities are. You would think that would result in at least getting visits and getting guys on campus. Right. Exactly. Because you, know? you don't know, you know, and, and all the – and, I, and I've said it before, and so have you. I don't care where you go; nobody's got better facilities than we do. Nobody. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, we, it's we got it all, and at least give a. You can at least have the decent comedy and courtesy. You know, if if you schedule it, take it. Right. That, 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 that's all I'm saying. But like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, down any of these kids. You do what you feel is best for you, and if he feels I use best for him, okay, so yeah. be it. But but I but it. it if uh, looking at his film, he'll only be there one year. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. McKenzie Mbako's a very – he's a talented kid, uh, you know, and he would have definitely brought Louisville – he's a shot maker. He's a, he's a catch-and-shoot, three-point right. shooter. Um, he's a guy who's got a nice mid-range game. He's a very good offensive player. Definitely would have fit the bill for what Louisville needed, but, you know, unfortunately – uh, was not to be Wayne, it, it, you know. So right. now Louisville moves on from there. They did get the big commitment from Trey White, uh, the transfer from right. USC last week. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah, we got to get, get now. Now that we know what's what, you got to concentrate on getting that last guard. Uh, the kid, what was the kid? The kid from uh, Kentucky. He, he played at Marshall. I forget his name. Uh, he's a guard, but he's he's pretty good, pretty good. So they, they need to move there. And then I was going to say one other thing. Uh, it was. It was. I was so sorry to hear about Denny Crump because I did get to meet. Very, very, very nice man. Unbelievable. Yes. Nice man. Very nice. Very nice man. Absolutely. And that'll be one service. I don't know if I get to go to the. Uh, my daughter called me and said, "Dad, are you going to the service Monday?" I don't know because I don't get up and work till six, and I, I and it's probably all. You know, they had free tickets and stuff. It's probably all filled up by now, but. Uh, I hope they stream it. Yeah, I, th- I, I think they, I think they're going to stream it or, or have some some uh, you know uh, ability to be able to view the services uh, online. So yeah, definitely. I think that I'm guessing that the university will probably put that out there as well. Because yeah, I mean yeah, the thing nice. is, you know, so many people want to be a part of that and just be able to. You know, it's it's so somebody. You know, some folks compared it to kind of like a local edition of kind of what the Ali funeral was. You know, right, like right. It, you know, Denny wasn't the name. Uh, internationally that, you know, that Ali was. But, uh, you know, for the impact for the city of Louisville and here locally, definitely has the exact same type of impact. So, yeah, I no think doubt. a lot of people want to no be a doubt. part of that. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I'm sure that they will have that Absolutely. available. And then one other thing, I, I saw the, 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 the pictures of the uh, – I like the I like the, the football field. It looks lovely. looks nice. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey. I t- let me tell you what, that Heisman Cardinal in the middle of the football field, uh, for folks that don't know, University of Louisville's updating, uh, you know, the, the home turf this year. They're going to go with the black end zones and the classic Louisville Cardinal block lettering uh, in the end zones, but they're putting that Heisman Cardinal in the middle of the field, and it does look middle. slick. Yes, I love it, especially Absolutely. with the black end zones, too. That's the first time we've had Absolutely. black end zones. I, You know, black, black end zones with red lettering. Uh, I, I can't wait, Wayne. I can't wait to see it. Me neither. But Sean, as always, Doc, I appreciate you. Now I'll shoot 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 this to you. Yes, do that. And when please. you you see the next time we talk, you see you'll see 
And boy, boy's right hand you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, Wayne. Thank you so much. All I right? appreciate you, Sean. You yes, know sir. I do, man. All right, now. Have a good day, Doug. All Take right. Care now. Yeah, Thank you, too. you man. Uh, thanks, Wayne. All right. Mm, bye-bye. There we go. We got, got, got Wayne, and guess what? We're, we're going to go ahead and keep it co- uh, co- coming. Uh, we got a, uh, a call. We got Sean Summerill. Is that, is, that, is that how I say it, Sean? That is correct. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, and you, you're with me this morning uh, to talk about a, a, a great event uh, you have coming up. Uh, to Tell us what, why you joined us here on Wake Up 502 96.1 FM this morning. Hey, good morning. How's everyone? Uh, I am here to talk about the African American Golf Expo and Forum, and I had some uh, colleagues that were going to join me as well, uh, so hopefully they can get in Absolutely. Um, on that too. Uh, Jim Beatty, the organizer, and then uh, Craig Kirby of Golf My Future My Game, uh, who's the CEO of that organization as well, nonprofit. So um, we wanted to just share with the community and everyone about the golf, African-American Golf Expo and Forum that will be hosted here in its third year uh, in okay. Louisville, uh, August 19th through the 22nd. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. Uh, we're excited about the opportunities that it will bring. It'll be, it's the only four-day event in the country uh, that is focused um, towards African-Americans in the game and sport of golf to help it to grow each of those spaces. Interesting. Now, 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 tell me. You said this is the third third annual, so this is the the third time around for this event. How did this come about? Uh, well, uh, I'll kind of leave that up to Jim if he's on the line yet, because he actually organized it. He, okay. he uh, developed it. Uh, uh, Jim Beatty Golf Ventures. He started that and okay. he put it together. So, if he's on the line, I'd definitely like for him to be able to speak to that. Absolutely, Jim. You with us? I don't know if, if 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 Jim's on the line uh, as of yet. I, we'll give him a, a a few minutes on there. But for, okay, so talk about where's where's the expo, expo going to be? Uh, the expo will actually be held uh, in several different locations. Okay, uh, all the, all the expo work will be taking place. Exhibition classes, forums, and et cetera will happen um, at the God House. Um, okay. And so that's what uh, all the visitors and participants will be residing if they choose to do so. Uh, we have uh, a, a set up there with them. But then also, uh, day one will be a, a golf clinic, which will take place at Shawnee Golf Course. Um, we'll be addressing new golfers, adaptive golfers, youth golfers, and anyone that's interested in, in the space of learning anything about golf. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we'll have... Um, the second day will be a golf tournament, which will take place at Shawnee. I'm sorry, uh, Oxmoor Country Club. Okay. And then everything else will be held. Days three and four will be held at the golf house. Wonderful. And wonderful. I'm, I'm, so, quick question: yes. uh, Are you all going to tag them in, or will they need to come in through me? Uh, actually, the, uh, they might actually be joining right now. Let's see if I can get these fellas okay. on the line. Right. Uh, Jim, is that you on the line now? No, this is Craig Kirby. Craig, 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 how are you doing this morning? I think I think I may have actually uh, dro- dro- dropped uh, uh, Sean <laughs> accidentally. Sean, uh, give me a call right back. Uh, y'all have to forgive me. I, 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 I'm not only the host with the most. I run I run the board. So, so from time to time, I may slip up. But Craig, how are you doing this morning? 
I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, Sean was just sharing with with, with us about the, the the Great Expo uh, coming up. Um, so you know, if if you can, just kind of talk about um, you know how this whole the the whole thing came about. It's, I heard it's the third annual. Um, so you know, just kind of talk about how this whole thing came about. Well, it all came about from the it's the brainchild of Jim Beatty and. And we would go to the PGA show year after year after year. And one day Jim said, you know, we should do this for our folks because our folks aren't here. And from that line, from that statement, we had the inaugural African-American Golf Expo and Forum in Marietta, Georgia. Okay. Uh, it was a success. We then took it to year two where we were in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it was a success. And we now, this year, come to Louisville, Kentucky, where it will continue to be a success because of great people like Sean Somerville, who his efforts are just completely 100, as the young people would say. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, it, it, it sounds like an absolutely, uh, you know, t- top-of-the-line event. I, I'm super excited. So, uh, you know, let everybody know uh, we kind of got some of the, the particulars on, you know, where, you know things are going to be going, the folks are going to be hosting down at the Gold House, are going to have um, uh, events uh, all around uh, the, the city, including uh, Oxmoor Country Club, uh, at, you know, and other sites as well. Um, if, if folks want to get involved, what's the best way to get out there, reach out, and see what you guys have going on? The best thing to do is just to go to the African American Golf Expo and Forum, which is uh, aagolfexpo.com, and you can see everything that you're looking for. You can find what you're looking for. You can register. You can do everything on that website. Awesome, awesome, and and that is uh, an amazing. Sounds like an amazing. Uh, you know, you said Marietta, Georgia, uh, and you said Char- was it Charlotte, North Carolina? Yes, Marietta, Georgia was year one, the okay. inaugural year. <clears throat> year two was Charlotte, North Carolina, and now we are in the great city of Louisville. Absolutely, absolutely, and and of course, um, you know, it's it's an amazing community. We have some amazing golf facilities here. Um, there is definitely a passion uh, for that. Of course, a lot of folks remember, uh, you know, when uh, Tiger Woods won the the. Uh, the PGA at Valhalla, and he of course took a visit down to Shawnee Golf Course and and hit a ball. They 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 put a plaque up, uh, but he hit a ball and hit the uh, overpass of the highway uh, from a spot at the uh, Shawnee Golf Course, and then that was kind of memorialized. And everybody <laughs> talks about that. Mm. They still have that plaque there. Um, so definitely there is a passion for it. Of course, First Tee of Louisville um, is, is one of the great programs uh, here locally, uh, where you know. Know, the, the folks are work to get young African Americans uh, kids into the sport and, and interested in it. So definitely, uh, Craig, appreciate uh, what you guys are bringing here and allowing us to be a part of the great great event. So um, you know, it, it, what is the uh, what is the, the the pricing or or you know if if we do want to um, check out more, I guess that the website is the best spot to to check out everything. It is, but right now you can register and it's ninety nine dollars. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. 
Wonderful. So, I, yeah, no, I, I, I tell you what, man, no, I, I definitely appreciate that. I think this might actually be uh, Sh- Sean get, giving us the call back in. Let me see if I can get Sean back here on the on All the right. Line. Let's see. Uh, Sean, is that you? <clears throat> it is me. Okay, there we go. Y'all got to forgive me. I, like I said, man, I'm, I'm the host with the most, but uh, sometimes being both host and producer gets a little sticky, so I'm, I'm glad I got you back on the line. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I'm glad you got to talk to Craig. I jumped on the radio quickly when I got booted off, so no worries. Yes, yes. No, Craig, and Craig was definitely uh, do, doing you well and doing it justice, uh, talking about how this great event came about. And, you know, just we, we were kind of talking about, um, you know, just the impact of, of what Tiger Woods coming here to visit, uh, you know, prior to his big win at Valhalla back several years ago. But there is a, a passion for that. The Shiny Golf Course has been a great hub for, for young folks, including my son, uh, to get out there and, and be a part of the game. But just kind of just talk about – you guys' uh, passion and interest in, in continuing to, to grow the game, um, you know, and, and, and trying to help folks kind of find that love for, for golf. Yeah, so exactly. Um, you know, it, it's amazing what – I got into the game late, um, and I didn't really understand the power and the impact of it when I got into it. It was just something I was actually doing for, for work because I wanted to participate in what folks were doing, and I didn't want to get joked around. I was a traditional guy, you know, traditional sports football and so forth golf is uh, not that big of a deal had the same perceptions that still exist today it is not for us it's for a different group of people and so forth well as i continued to play i found out that i was highly mistaken uh golf is has a tremendous can have a tremendous impact on your mental health your your physical health your economic health uh, and so I'm really excited to expose all of those type of opportunities to our community and to our youth. Um, and I've been blessed to connect and meet uh, Jim Beatty and Craig. They're doing a phenomenal work and phenomenal job, and I'm excited to be able to uh, be a part of bringing this here to Louisville to help uh, expose us and give us an opportunity to see things from a different perspective and, and, and grow the game. You know, we got Top Golf here, which, you know, yes. that's a different space, but still it, it, it's another avenue to get us into spaces that we haven't been allowed to be in, but then they haven't taken the interest to get in. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that right there is continuing to kind of build that passion in, in, in athletics and specifically in golf um, is something that, uh, you know, is a passion of mine. I, I just love to see when, when our folks have opportunities to continue to, to grow in spaces that, are, you know, are atypical. You know, um, and, and and golf is one of those where Tiger Woods kind of uh, laid the groundwork. But you know, you have to continue to foster that. Now that Tiger is kind of on the, uh, the 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 back nine, if you will, of his of his career, playing career, you don't want to necessarily let that momentum slow down so definitely appreciate that and appreciate you guys and if you all can please uh, one more time give everybody the website i know you said the registration fee right now is 99 dollars uh let, let those folks know where they can check everything that you guys are doing out it's uh, yeah so they can go to a golf oh a golf expo.com that is the website a golf expo.com all one word and they can see all the amazing things that are continuing to happen. We're, fi- we're uh, securing more sponsors. We're securing more partners and collaborators uh, as time nears. 
and we're very excited about it. We're continually looking for, for more groups that want to be a part of it. Uh, that the uh, tournament that happens on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, on, on Sunday, the second day, um, we're look, still looking for people to participate and play in that as well. So we're really excited about what's going on. We're going to have some great uh, activities after um, the expos each day and, and then going into the evening. Then we're also, and I failed to mention, that uh, we're partnered with uh, Local Tourism and okay. the BTAC team. And the BTAC, they're going to be working with us on a cultural tour that anyone's welcome to take. Now, it'll be limited seating, and it'll be a special special piece. So I'd advise people to jump in as quick as they can. But, um, yeah, it's really going to be exciting. It's going to be a great four days, um, and I'm excited for it. Definitely. I'm excited for the opportunity. Definitely, definitely. So com. make sure you guys check that out. Gentlemen, I definitely appreciate your time this morning. Um, I cannot wait. I, I'm pretty sure that Haven uh, uh, and myself will be out there poking our head in, shaking hands, and meeting everybody. So cannot wait for you guys to get here, and definitely appreciate your time this morning to share your great event, okay? All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank All you right. for your work. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. There we go. So we've got the Big Time Golf Expo coming up, third annual um, Black Golf Expo coming here to, to Louisville for the first time, uh, third year um, after uh, kicking things off in Marietta, Georgia, and then Charlotte, North Carolina last year. Now they're coming to the great city of Louisville. So definitely check that out. Um, be a part of what they're going on. I'm sure they have sponsorship opportunities as well. So if you are, uh, you know, wanting to get involved, uh, you know, with some sponsorship opportunities, make sure you check that out. So definitely appreciate Sean and Craig and their time. Uh, I tell you what, we are like super late for a break. So <laughs> we're going to go ahead, take our top of, uh, top of the hour break, 15 minutes late. But you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers taking care of you this morning, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM, and we'll be back. Welcome back in. Welcome back in to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers here. Got about 40 minutes left in the show. I definitely appreciate Sean and Craig uh, AAExpo.com checking in with us, talking about the uh, uh, the Black Golf Expo upcoming here uh, in Louisville uh, coming up in August. Uh, definitely make sure you check those things out. Also appreciate uh, Wayne and Jay Hads for giving giving us a call. We went long that second segment, y'all. We had a whole lot going on, but definitely appreciate it. Uh, make sure you continue to, to send us your text in 502-414-1450. Um, Still have text coming in, uh, hot and heavy. Uh, texter says, uh, uh, "What did uh, Indiana give Mackenzie Mbako? Where is uh, where is KP at?" Um, he says, "Also, will Louisville go after the Marshall Gu- uh, Marshall guard from Cor- Corbin County?" Okay, so uh, Louisville basketball uh, definitely have some questions there. Um, you know, I I look at it like this. Uh, for first thing I'm going to say is. Um, Kenny has been quiet. Um, you know, I, of course, uh, for those who don't know, uh, of course, I talked about the fact that I got the opportunity to chat with uh, both Milt Wagner and Nolan Smith 
um, last week um, out at the Phillies and Stallions Gala. Um, I did post that that video out there. If you want to check that out, uh, you can go on Twitter at Rashan, that's R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N, or you can go to Facebook.com slash Rashan Myers, uh, and you can find me out there. The video is posted there as well where I got to talk with, uh, you know, the Louisville Hall of Famer uh, and the uh, assistant coach. Um, Kenny has been quiet since the season ended. Um, He definitely um, has been, as they say, quote-unquote, moving in silence, uh, trying to put together this roster. Uh, Big-time overhaul of the roster. Like I said, they did get the, uh, the, the big commitment from Trey White last weekend. Um, Trey White committed to Louisville late Saturday evening on Derby night, um, which was a big, big plus. Um, They did not, um, unfortunately, get R.J. Luis, who did end up committing to St. John's. St. John's, speaking of which, who not only got him, but then they they backed it up uh, with going and getting Jordan Dingle, uh, the the third-rated scorer from last year in college basketball, um, the, the guard from Penn. Uh, he was the Ivy League Player of the Year, averaging 23.5 points per game. So Rick Pitino is definitely not playing games with y'all. He's trying to come back and do some major things at St. John's his first year. Some people are saying that he has St. John's uh, ready to be a threat for the NCAA tournament already with the talent that he has collected at St. John's. Um, so R.J. Luis did decide to join uh, Coach Patino at St. John's along with uh, Quinn Slazinski and several others who are joining him from, uh, you know, uh, from, from Iona as well as some other places. So, you know, Rick's looking good. Uh, Everybody knows I love Rick, uh, so I wish him continued success, and I'm excited to see what he can do there. But uh, back to to Louisville, um, there is question about where Louisville goes from here. Um, You know, after McKenzie and Baco decided to uh, commit to Indiana, everybody – it was funny because, you know, everybody kept talking about, you know – Mbako was going to commit to Kansas or he had already committed to Kansas or uh, Kansas paid Mbako an exorbitant amount of money not to go to Louisville and just to go ahead and commit. Well, all that can seem to be false because uh, McKenzie ended up committing to Indiana, <laughs> who was the uh, visit that he took last weekend, uh, Derby weekend. He decided to go to Indiana um, and then save Louisville for last. Um, so apparently Mike Woodson and crew – uh, really uh, impressed him, uh, and I think that um, what Mike Woodson was selling in terms of his experience as an NBA coach and just the fact that um, he did a good job uh, with the Indiana basketball program over his first couple of years there, um, I think really helped. I think that's kind of one of the things that's hurting Kenny Payne is after, um, you know, I'll be nice and just say a less than stellar year one especially for the elite of the elite guys. When I talk about A.J. Johnson and we talk about D.J. Wagner and uh, Aaron Bradshaw and uh, Mackenzie Mbako, all those guys are consensus top ten guys, the elite of the elite. And, you know, when you look at what Kenny was, uh, you know, Kenny Payne and his staff, his whole um, selling point right now is his development ability, his ability to get you ready for the league. And like I said, when you have Kenny – And Kenny has a full year with a team. And, you know, it's pretty much not much of anybody improved over uh, that first year. You know, when you talk about development, you should be able to see that development in action. Even if there are guys, people want to talk about holdovers and talk about, oh, well, you know, the last coaching staff couldn't reach these guys. So, you know, that's not Kenny's fault. Yeah, okay, well, what about Devin Ree? Okay, what about Kamari Lands? Uh, What about – 
you know, the, the freshman, uh, Fabio Basile. What about the people that weren't a part of that? Mike James did not play, um, you know, uh, under the last coaching staff. So those guys had nothing to do with it. And unfortunately, um, those guys just did not improve and flourish um, the way that you would have liked to see them. Kamari Lands was a, a guy who people said was a dark horse you know, possible, uh, you know, one and done candidate, you know, with Kenny Payne's ability to develop, you know, the, the, the talk was is maybe Kenny Payne could turn Kamari Lanza into a borderline draft prospect his first year. And that unfortunately didn't happen. Uh, we saw, you know, the horrible shooting percentages and we saw, saw t- you know, guys that weren't, you know, putting and averaging out, you know, what you would expect from draft prospects. And, and I think that is what's being held against Kenny Payne for the best of the best. It's like, you know, I, I give him all the credit in the world, the, the relationships he was able to build with Sky Clark to be able to get that done, uh, a, you know, being able to get it done with Trenton Flowers, being able to pull over um, an elite shot blocker in Dennis Evans. You definitely get credit for that, and that is definitely to be commended. Um, but when you talk about the elite difference makers, okay, uh, while I do think that Louisville has some very nice pieces and some very nice players, trust me, I've heard uh, enough times that uh, Louisville has a uh, top five recruiting class. Um I don't believe that of these players there are any one-and-done guys in, in this group, at least so far. Um, I, I just I don't see it. I, you know, the, To me, I know Trenton Flowers is a super, super talented kid. Um, I think that he's going to have an opportunity to flash and do some big-time things as a freshman here at Louisville. Um, but, you know, the track record of reclassification kids, of being able to come in and immediately impact and be that one-and-done type of player has been far and few in between. So I'm not going to just go out there and go over the moon saying that I think that um, Trenton Flowers is going to be ready to do that until I see it. And I think that's where we're at. And the one thing that I'm going to have to to ask Louisville fans to kind of start to do, um, I understand – the thought process for basketball. And I understand the thought process that a lot of people are saying that Kenny is trying to build a program. Okay. It takes time to build a program. It takes time. You have to bring kids in. You have to, um, you know, help grow them. And then, you know, in two or three years, uh, you know, you're going to have the, the products of that success, but folks have to understand in 2023, 2024, there is no more program building. If you look around college basketball and college athletics in general, Pretty much, it's not about rebuilding anymore. It's not. It's no longer building guys over two and three years and watching them flourish. It is about what team can I put on the floor and the court immediately, okay? Pretty much every year is an opportunity to rebuild, reload, and put your best foot forward to try to get to a Final Four and win a national championship. If you look at what Kansas has, is doing, uh, you know, going out there, getting the best – uh, transfers that they can, you know, get, getting a couple of the elite freshmen that you like that you can bring in and think can be a part of it. But, you know, for the most part, these programs are only going to be bringing back two to three, maybe four kids per year. It's going to be about what you can add in the transfer portal. It's going to be about what kids you can add that can impact immediately from, you know, the freshman class because these kids have opportunities now. Uh, you know, the, uh, the the one-time transfer rule and the transfer portal has completely changed the game. And this is what I'm going to have to ask Louisville fans to start to do is change the way you think about college athletics and college sports. You're pretty much every team is going to have a year-to-year model based on what they can do to put together a competitive team to be able to win. 
unfortunately, that's where we're at. You know, when you talk about listening to guys like Hunter Dickinson talk about, you know, I wasn't even making six figures last year for Michigan. And, you know, while some people kind of disparage those remarks from Hunter Dickinson, I understand them. And when you hear about guys like, um, you know, uh, uh, Oscar Shibway at Kentucky, you know, with a $2 million NIL deal, if you're um, Hunter Dickinson and, you know, you're – even if you're at eighty or eighty-five thousand dollars to the to the layperson, people say that's that's awesome. But when you you know Hunter Dickinson was no worse than probably the second best big man in all of college basketball. When you see and you hear these numbers getting thrown out, even if Oscar wasn't getting two million dollars in NIL deal, you know, let's say it's let's split the difference. Say it was a million. If you're hearing that Oscar Sheepway is getting a million dollars and you're Hunter Dickinson, a McDonald's All-American, and you know a guy who is a, basically a no doubt seventeen and twelve guy and one of the best big men in college basketball, and you're looking at a significant amount less that you're making than those guys, people want what they're worth. And I understand that. Everybody understands in every walk of life that you want to make the most that you can out of your uh, employment. Um, so I, I can't disparage a kid like Hunter Dickinson for going out there and keeping it real and say, you know what, I want my – you know, just do. And I and I can't sit there, you know, at, at Michigan understanding that I'm making a lot less. I mean, we heard about um, the exorbitant amount that was given to uh, the young man uh, whose uh, name escapes me uh, that transferred to Miami. Miami uh, came out and said, you know, we're giving this kid three hundred thousand dollars. Um, you know, to, to come to Miami from Life Wallet on the NIL deal. They came out there and gave you the numbers. So once again, if you're Hunter Dickinson and you're like, why am I making 75 or 80 and this kid's getting 300? You know, I mean, it matters. Like, don't anybody in any walk of life, you know, if if you're if you're understanding that that you're you're being underpaid that that much. That's going to make an impact on you. So I, I can't disparage it. These kids have more value and more control over their brand and over their talents than they ever have. So to spare to um, try to you know beat them down or trying to look down on them, uh, you know, I think is folly because you would do it in your walk of life. So I can't I can't disparage those kids for doing the same. You know, not all these kids are going to go to the NBA. Sometimes, you know, for, for a lot of these kids, their best earning potential is going to be right now in college. Um, you know, I mean, we've seen the way the NBA is changing. Um, that's one of the reasons Oscar Shibway um, has continued to, to think about coming back to school again is because, you know, the NBA may not be in his future. So his biggest opportunity um, to make a lot of money could be here at the college level. So you have to, you know, while you have that earning power and that earning potential, you have to make the most out of it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's where – you have to reimagine the way college athletics is done. I, I really and truly believe that it's going to be about putting your best foot forward because, as we've seen, kids have opportunities to leave. Kamari Lands, you know, is a guy that I'm sure Kenny Payne would have loved to have back. He said, you know what? I need to go ahead and do what's best for me, and I'm going to Arizona State. You know, Jalen Withers, while, you know, a lot of people think that it possibly was a mutual splitting of ways, Jalen Withers has the opportunity to go to North Carolina. Um, we saw that, uh, you know, Sidney Curry's going to Jacksonville State. You know, Louisville's over, t turning over 70% of their roster. When you're going to be losing 60 to 70% of your roster every year, either due to graduation uh, or transfer, you can't really worry about building long term and trying to have a group that you build over two and three years because I just don't think that's feasible in today's climate in college athletics. you got to be able to put together the best team that you can 
from a year-to-year basis. And I think that's going to be where we really need to start to reimagine and rethink how college athletics is done. And that's one of the things where I think that I understand what Kenny's trying to do in terms of he's looking at is let me go ahead and get some of these freshmen in here. Yes, I'm not getting the level of freshmen that UK is getting, but let me go ahead and get the, get these guys in here and we'll kind of, you know, grow these the, these flowers. But, you know, what if these flowers are like Devin Reed and, he de- you know, Devin Reed decides, yeah, I'm going to go ahead, go ahead. I didn't like that I wasn't getting enough playing time. I'm going to have to leave. Fabio Basile, same thing. Now, like I said, once again, these are kids that maybe or maybe not the staff wanted to hold, hold on to, but at the end of the day, they're moving on. So, you know, it's really, really hard. I mean, who's to say if Trenton Flowers doesn't like – you know, the way he's producing as a freshman or doesn't like the development or is unhappy with how things go, there's nothing to keep that young man from leaving and and moving on. And then all that effort that you've put into getting them there kind of goes by the wayside. This isn't 2012, 2013. I just think that you have to look at things through a different microscope. You have to look at these basketball teams and these football teams as one-year contracts and as one-year opportunities. I don't think you can really look – for growth anymore. I just don't think that's where the game is going. And, the you know, the biggest thing is that you have to see for coaches and for management and, and for any business, you have to see where the business is going. And you have to kind of be prepared to make those changes and make those adjustments as they come. And I think that while in theory, because it, that's the way it has been that you build through getting your freshmen in, building your culture, building your program – I think that there's less program and culture building that goes into it and more who can I get to come in here that's going to fit to do and fill the needs that I need for my team this year because I don't know if I'm going to have these guys a year from now. Coaches are not only having to recruit for next year, they're having to recruit their own players to stay. They don't know who's going to try to go pro. Who's going to try to move on to a different spot? Who's going to move up a rung? Who's going to move down a rung to get more playing time? You just don't know. So I think to be able to be most successful and most um, effective, I do think that minds, mindsets are going to have to change for how these things are gotten together. A texter in 502-414-1450, uh, Kevin says, you can't compare UofL uh, to Kansas, UK, Duke, North Carolina. Those teams have always got the best of the best. KP has to build the brand to be attractive to the elite players. I, I totally agree with you. I think that you know, for those elite guys, these elite guys want to see the proof is in the pudding. And, and, you know, I think that guys like Mike Woodson have already proven, uh, you know, that that they can have a team and have players that are successful, Uh, you know, and and I think we saw that last year. Indiana had a great season. Uh, You know, we saw what he did uh, with the the young man. I can't think of his name, uh, the the freshman from from, uh, Indiana. But that kid had a one-and-done season, and now he's going on to the pros. And and I think that's what Kenny Payne's going to have to show that he can do. You Like, it's nice to say, you know, I'm the guy who helped, uh, you know, um, Julius Randle with with his jump shot, and I'm the guy that helped – um, you know, Kevin Knox uh, get some of his moves that, that he's successful with in the NBA. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I just don't think Kenny Payne is going to get credit for that. People understand that you coached under John Calipari. John Calipari is the guy who gets credit um, you know, for, for what those team, uh, for what those guys did and their successes. And Kenny Payne's going to have to have a 
success that he can point to that he actually gets responsibility for. Now that Kenny Payne um, is the uh, captain of the ship, quote unquote, you know, now he gets the, the credit for that. You know, and I think that's that's what you have to do. I mean, when you look at what Mike Woodson was able to do, Trace Jackson Davis was, uh, you know, successful for, for years. The young man I was thinking of was Jalen Hood uh, Shafino. I mean, J- Jalen Hood Shafino comes to uh, Indiana last year, a 6'6 freshman, uh, you know, was a, a mid- mid-level draft pick, but not great. I mean, and this kid comes out and, and was amazing in, in year one under Mike Woodson. Now he goes pro. I think that matters. Uh, 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 caller, got you on the line. Your name? Isaiah Smith. Isaiah, how are you doing this morning? Good. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, what, what, what you got for me? Uh, no, I just called to um, talk about um, these uh, NBA playoffs that's been going on. Yes, 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 absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we got the NBA playoffs. LeBron went ahead and, and booted Stephon out uh, of the playoff, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, 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 are, what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the, on the East? Uh, who do you think is going to win it? Get, just give me your thoughts. What, what, you know, what, where are you looking at in the, in the playoffs right now? Yes, yeah, so I'm actually a LeBron fan. So, okay. um after um the Lakers started that that run towards the end of the season, I started to um think like this would be their best chance to um to make a run. And I like what they've been doing lately and they came into the Warriors series as an underdog and I just I just felt like they would be the team to beat them because both of them um came in there with um records on the line. The yes. um the the Warriors they never had lost the series on the curve unless it was in the finals and the the Lakers they are they're undefeated after winning the first game in any series so I I seen that as the opportunity for the Lakers to take off after they won the game one uh, and which they did so I, I really feel like they do have a good chance to make out the West and as far as the East goes um I. I knew that he was going to beat the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks had any um, business being in that series. Like they, <laughs> they, they played. They had a good run this yeah, year. Um, yeah. They had some nice pickups over, um, like over free agency. But I, I just feel like they're still not there right now. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this game one: the Lakers and the Nuggets. Um, the Nuggets, their team that can't um, be left out. They're they're really underappreciated. They've been like the number one seed. The um the whole season and they even came in as underdogs to the Suns and yeah. the Suns I I feel like the Suns had a great chance to beat them they just they just couldn't stay healthy and when you don't have um your whole team there it's really hard to, to build that connection that's that's needed for a deep playoff run and not to mention they're they're playing their stars like 40, 40 plus minutes each game so they're gonna get burnt out eventually. Oh, yeah. No, I, and I tell you what, you know, and this is the thing about it. It's very interesting to me. Like, I don't know why it's happening, but we have kind of like a replay of the bubble going on right now. Like, every team, three of the four teams that are currently sitting in the conference final uh, are the, the same teams that were in the bubble final. We have the Nuggets versus the Lakers, which is an absolute carbon copy rematch of the bubble Western Conference Finals. Uh, we already have the Miami Heat there uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. And if Boston knocks off Philly, 
then you'll have literally Boston versus Miami like you had in the bubble. I don't know why this is happening, but, uh, you know, we're kind of going down that same path and that same road. But, no, I agree with you. I I think that it's very interesting the way these playoffs have unfolded, uh, the fact that the Bucs got knocked off early. But let me ask you, Philadelphia seemed to have all the momentum in the world. James Harden looked like it was back to the old school James Harden. This man's even rising up dunking on people. We ain't seen James Harden dunk in in a year and a half. <laughs> but uh, who do you think is going to win this game seven? Uh, you know, is is Boston going to get it done? Boston's at home. But, you know, Philly has Joel Embiid. Joel's the MVP. They still have Harden. Like, do you think Philly chokes again? Or, or, or do you think Tatum and Brown get it done? So I, I see um, Philly, they're going to choke again. That's gonna choke <laughs> you have no faith, huh? Yeah, I'll have no faith in them. Uh, I do like what they've been doing. Um, and B, he's been having an impressive season. Harden, he stepped up big this um, playoffs, which has been like kind of his downfall because like he'll have a good season, but then when it comes to the playoffs, uh, he's nowhere to be found. But uh, he's really um, been producing at a high rate. And I do like what they have going on. But when I look at it, I, I see the Celtics beating them simply because I feel like the Celtics are one of the most consistent teams. Um, um, I feel like um, Tatum and Brown, they're kind of like Batman and Robin. Like, one, like yeah. Tatum, he's going to go off and do his thing. And then he'll, he'll let Brown do his thing the other night. And, like, they kind of, like, rotate like that. So, um I, I really like what they have going on. They had the home field advantage. Um, Doc River, he's 15 and 31 in closeout games. The, that's not a great record. Eight and nine in elimination games. So I, I'm kind of a stats person. So like when I see um, like stats like that, uh, it kind of um, gives me like no faith in, in him and like what, what they have on over there because the history is not on their side. But I do feel like it's going to be a close game. But when it comes down to it, the Celtics are going to win at home and they're going to move on to face the heat. And like you said, it's just going to be like a, a redo of the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I I totally agree with you. And and the one thing about Boston is that I I feel like when Boston is playing at their best, it's not – I mean, Tatum and Brown, you know what those guys are going to give you. But I think Marcus Smart, when Marcus Smart plays well, like in that game six – one of the big reasons that Boston was able to get done, Marcus Smart led the Celtics. He had 22 points in that game. And when Marcus Smart is on and he's playing well, like he's always a great defensive player, but his offense kind of comes and goes. But, I mean, I, I just think that the Boston Celtics, the moves that they made, um, it was unfortunate that Danilo Gallinari got hurt at the beginning of the year because I think that the Celtics would have been a lot better had Gallinari not gotten hurt. But bringing over Malcolm Brogdon from the Indiana Pacers, like that dude, is one of the coldest, most underrated guys in the league. He plays defense. He can score. He's consistent. And and I think that that's the thing. I think Philly's a more talented team. But I just think Boston's more consistent. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that that's the thing, is that they just come in every day. They never get too high. They never get too low. And, and you know, they just keep grinding. So we're going to see what happens. But, Isaiah, I definitely appreciate the call this morning. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, man. Hey, hey, have a good morning. Thank you so much. There we go. Isaiah talks some NBA. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I know that this is the city of Louisville. I know we love our college basketball, but y'all know I love to chop it up on some NBA. Uh, so, you know, I, I love that. I'm very, very excited to see what happens. I tend to lean Isaiah's way. Like, Philadelphia had their shot. They had game six at home.
You can't ask for better than that. So when you go and you have the game six at home, the elimination game, and you only scored 86 points, you only scored 13 points in the fourth quarter, you've got to be kidding me. Come on, Philly. Like, that was your shot. That was your chance, and now you're going to end up going home. Boston's going to win in the game seven. I can't stand Boston. I hate that stupid leprechaun, but, you know, Celtics are going to get it done. Like, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a complete rematch or a redo of the bubble. Now, I do think it's going to go a little bit different than it did a couple years ago in the bubble where I, I think that the Denver Nuggets – are a step and a half above every one of the teams that is left remaining. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it may come back to see that really and truthfully, the NBA Finals was the uh, the Suns-Nuggets series. Like, to keep it real, because I, I think those two teams were the best offensive teams there. I think they had the most explosive talent there. I think that Philadelphia has that potential, but the problem is is that they're just too inconsistent with it. Like, I would love to see a Joel Embiid versus uh, Jokic final. Like, I would love to see that. Uh, you know, if we could have that happen, that would be none short of amazing. Uh, you know, but but I don't know if that's going to be a, a possibility. Uh, let's go right back to the phone lines. Uh, caller, your name? Uh, it's me. I just wanted to call to tell you thank you for giving my baby boy a shout. <laughs> oh, that's all right, Wayne. Yeah, yeah he, he did a good job, man. You know what I'm saying? The, chopping it up a little NBA. That's, that's no problem at all, man. Yeah, you know I appreciate you, Doc. Yeah, <laughs> no, no problem at all. He, hey, he knows his stuff. <laughs> he does. That's his thing, man. Absolutely. Pretty good. Yeah, Pretty good. yeah, yeah. yeah he'll, call, he'll call me later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to tell you thanks again, man. You know I appreciate you, Doc. Yeah, yeah, no problem, Wayne. Hey, I appreciate it, brother. Hey, you have a good one, all right? Okay, you too. Thanks. Yes, sir. Look at there. Look, Isaiah was, was Wayne C. I didn't even realize that was Wayne's son until about, about halfway through the car. I remember he said his name was Isaiah. I was like, oh, yeah, this is Wayne's boy. Okay, but no, hey, hey Isaiah knows his stuff. So, no, I, I totally agree with it. But, no, like I was saying, I would love to see if, if the Philadelphia 76ers were able to find a way to win this game seven. That would make me so happy. Like, I'm pulling for the Sixers to get this done. Okay, because I want to see the big man versus big man matchup in the final. And I do think that if Philly got past Boston, I do think that they would knock off the heat and they would make it to the final because I just don't think that Miami Heat have enough offensive pop to be able to keep up with the Sixers. So I do think that the Philadelphia would win that series. The question is, can they win in Boston on the road in a game seven? Um, and I'm not so sure about that one. Uh, but, I, I mean, think about it. If you have an MB versus Joker matchup in the finals, you got the number one and number two guys in the MVP voting going head-to-head. -head. You have two true centers going head-to-head. -head. It would be the best and biggest center matchup in the finals since Akeem Olajuwon versus Shaquille O'Neal, and that was back in 1995. I mean, so uh, it would be huge to have a big man matchup back in the finals. Like, I, I love the big men. Yeah, yeah, you know, y'all know. I, I grew up that that was my bread and butter was watching the King, watching Pat Ewing, 
you know, the, those guys, those were my favorite players. So if we could have a center matchup and have it settled on the court, who's the best big man in all of the NBA, that would be awesome. I just have no faith that Philadelphia can get it done in the game seven. I hope that they prove me wrong. I hope they make it. I just don't know if they have enough. Um, you know, but I digress. We'll see what happens with that. But I tell you what, we have got to get this last break in. We're going to have a super short final segment of the day. So uh, when we come back, uh, we will uh, chop up a couple uh, more little pieces of, of information left. We'll probably talk about some names that are popping up for the University of Louisville for this last scholarship spot. Um, you know, maybe talk about what they need. But I tell you what, you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashawn Myers here, 96 point. 1 FM 1450 AM the Big X and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Last segment of the show. Super quick segment. Man, what a day it has been this morning. Uh, just sitting back, chopping it up, talking to all of you guys. Definitely appreciate all um, of the uh, input, all the texts, all the phone calls. Uh, it, it has been an amazing morning. We honored uh, Denny Crum, the greatness that is. Um, you know, the, the the greatest coach in Louisville basketball and just in the Louisville history, period. Um, so, Definitely appreciate all the calls. Um, I know that we got a text in earlier asking about where Louisville goes from, from that, here from now. Uh, now that McKenzie Mbako uh, made his decision, uh, where are we going to look to? Well, one name that has come up um, is Andrew Taylor. Uh, he is a 6'3 uh, combo guard that uh, played last year at the Marshall Thundering Herd. Um, he is a semi-pseudo-local kid. Uh, played basketball at Corbin High School in Corbin, Kentucky. Um, the the you know I think the the issue with Andrew Taylor is that um, he's made some some questionable and some controversial commentary back when he was in high school, um, and that kind of has that kind of followed him. He had a uh, scholarship to Furman, and uh, following his comments. The Furman actually pulled their scholarship, uh, and it was it was some definitely some racial undertones to what he said. So you know, while you know everybody makes mistakes, and while everybody um, you know c comes out and does things that they regret later on, I think the biggest question mark is going to be: um, Is that something that Kenny Payne and crew is going to want to deal with? Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the young man has got talent. He averaged 20 points per game last year for Marshall, shooting 41% from the field, four, almost five assists and almost five rebounds, as well as shooting 36% from three. So I think on the court, absolutely, that's what, you know, what you're looking for, a guy who can distribute, a guy who can, uh, you know, shoot it. Uh, and I think had there not been as many – questions around the young man as it has been he probably would already have a spot because it's clear the young man can play um but you know anytime you have 
a guy who, you know, has that type of controversy around him. A lot of times programs handle it with hands off in a sport, especially with a uh, team uh, that has, an, a, you know, a, a predominantly African-American coaching staff. Um, if they sign off on it and they decide, you know what, we're going to give this guy a, a second chance to, you know, kind of make amends and go from there, then that that is up to them. Can he help Louisville on the court and does he feel needs that Louisville needs? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the, the question is, do you want to, uh, you know, do, do you want to deal with those situations, especially considering he's from the state so people understand and know, um, you know, what, what what the comments were about. And if you want to look them up, you know, I'm sure it's not hard to find. Um, but, you know, Louisville's just got to figure that out. Now, that his type of production and what he brings is absolutely what Louisville needs. I definitely still believe that they need another um, – ball handler with some speed and quickness and uh, ability to uh, distribute uh, as well as be able to shoot the ball. Because I think one of the biggest things that uh, McKenzie and Baco was going to bring that Louisville needs is a guy who's a, a known knockdown shooter, or at least a re, a rep, has a reputation as a knockdown shooter. I just don't know how much shooting Louisville has on the roster right now. Uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of the question mark, uh, you know, there's just so many unknown commodities on this team. You know, there's no real player that has, quote-unquote, done it consistently at the collegiate level. Um, So I I think that Louisville is definitely going to have to look towards um, finding some shooting and ball handling, uh, hopefully both in the same package because they're going to need that. You know, with some of the decisions that they made uh, with their scholarships early, it's kind of put them in that position. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where we are right now. Um, uh, what are they going to do with that? Is Andrew Taylor going to be the the the, um, the path that they go? I'm not sure. Um, but I think that he could definitely help. Um, I think that he definitely has the talent and the ability to at least give Louisville some uh, additional support where, they, where it's needed. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's just baggage that comes with that young man. Um, so, But this is where we're at. I mean, it, it's mid-May, and, and we talked about we would kind of know what Louisville is, and I think that we've seen that Louisville has a lot of the similar traits of the team last year where you have a lot of big, long, athletic guys, but not necessarily guys who have that known profile for being ball handlers outside of Sky Clark. So the question is going to be, can the guys that Louisville has – um, you know, w- will they be able to do enough, um, you know, in that arena to be able to be successful? A lot of that apparently is going to fall on Karan Davis. Um, we'll see. But I tell you what, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. This is Rashawn Myers. Wake Up 502. We'll be back next week. Y'all have a good weekend.